We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles this morning, turn with the book of Luke chapter 2. I'm not going to be long, but today and next Sunday I want to share with you four things that Mary kept from the Christmas story. Four things that impacted her life. I believe they can touch you and I as well. When we turn to the book of Luke, we find the account of the birth of Jesus Christ. And in that passage in verses 19 and in verse 51, you'll find this phrase, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Again, in verse 51, it says, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. Father, we ask today that you would allow the Word of God to come alive in the hearts of your people. Cause us to hear, to know, to understand what we can keep from this story and from the birth of your son as well, in Jesus' name. First thing I want you to realize is that long after the shepherds left, Mary kept the Lamb of God. You do realize that Jesus is the Lamb of God. The kids illustrated that very, very clearly in their songs and drama today, that it really is all about the cross, that Jesus came as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Matter of fact, the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We see it again and again and again as we read the Scripture, the purpose and the reason that Jesus came. Verse 20 of Luke chapter 2 says, Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. The shepherds received the message from the angels. They came to Bethlehem. They found the Christ child. They worshiped him. And then they returned to their fields and their flocks, telling everybody what they had seen and what they experienced. When we read this story, we realize that Jesus chose to, or God chose to first announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds because, in fact, he was the Lamb of God. Bill mentioned the fact that they were despised. They were looked down upon. But Jesus Christ came for all humanity, regardless of your status, regardless of your culture, regardless of your profession. He came for each and every one. We know in the story he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for your sin and for mine. But the story doesn't end at the cross because three days later, he rose again from the dead. And that's why we shout hallelujah today because the Lamb of God is no longer dead. He is alive. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, for he made him sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's good news for you and I today. When we study the story of the passion of Christ and his crucifixion, he was crucified on the most high and holy day in all of Israel and Judaism, on Passover. It was on Passover, the day that commemorates when God told Moses to take the blood of the lamb and put it over the doorpost of the Hebrews living in Egypt. And when the angel of death saw the blood over the doorpost, he would pass over them and not take their firstborn. So on Passover, the most high and holy day in all Judaism, Jesus gave his life for you and I. The Lamb of God was sacrificed so that we might be free. When you read the story of his crucifixion, 
In John chapter 18, verse 14, the high priest Caiaphas said these words. He advised the Jewish leaders, it would be good if one man died for the people. That's exactly what happened. The writer of Hebrews phrases it this way in Hebrews 10, 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Aren't you thankful today that once and for all, he offered the sacrifice for our sin? The writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 previously said, the blood and bulls of bulls and goats cannot save us, but it's the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, that sets us free. It's interesting. The last day of Jesus' life, he entered the city of Jerusalem through the sheep gate. They came down from the Mount of Olives, and excuse me, the week before they came down, and there was a great parade, and there were thousands of people shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. He entered through the sheep gate because he was the Lamb of God. But I've got news for you. Now, today, he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. I am so thankful he was sacrificed once for all, but today he's not the sacrificial lamb. Today he is the lion of the tribe of Judah who is coming to conquer and to rule and to prove his power over all humanity. Most of you know that in A.D. 67 through 70, the Romans invaded Jerusalem because there was a revolt. The Jews revolted against the Roman government, and they destroyed the city of Jerusalem destroyed the temple built by Solomon. And then years later, the city and its walls were rebuilt. And then in the 15th century, when the city was occupied by Muslims, the individual who was overseeing the rebuilding of the walls heard a rumor that there was a Messiah coming. And that Messiah would enter the city through the eastern gate. So yet today, you see his actions because he is walled up the eastern gates, not wanting that Messiah to come. But I've got news for you. There's coming a day when the lion of the tribe of Judah will undo and overthrow every evil force in the world and rule as the King of kings and Lord of lords. He came as the lamb. He's coming again as the lion. We read it in the book of Psalm, chapter 27, chapter 24, verse 7. The Scripture says, Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors. The King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. That is the Lamb of God. He is the King of glory. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verses 5 and 6. When John the Revelator saw the scrolls and realized there was no one worthy of opening the scrolls of prophecy, he began to weep, and the angel said to him, don't weep, because, and this is what the Scripture says, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed, and he is able to open the scrolls. The one that came as a lamb will come again as a lion. Mary kept the Lamb of God. Mary recognized him as the sacrifice for all of mankind. So I've come to tell you today the good news is, and our takeaway, what we can keep, is he came as the lamb, but is returning as the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is returning victorious. He is returning as King of kings and Lord of lords. Would somebody say hallelujah to the lamb? Hallelujah to the lamb. The second thing I want to share with you this morning that Mary kept is when the stars ceased to shine, 
You remember the story. The star in the east led the wise men in search of the Christ child, the Messiah. And when the star ceased to shine, Mary kept the light of the world. The scripture says it this way in Luke chapter 2, verse 32. Simeon declared a light to bring Gentiles a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, speaking of those wise men said, the star which they seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The star led them from the east to Bethlehem. And they saw the star hovering over the place of the Christ child in Bethlehem. And when they saw him, they rejoiced. So Mary was able to keep the light of the world in Jesus Christ. Listen to these scriptures that prophesy the coming of Christ. Isaiah 42, 6 says, I am the Lord. I've called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. I will appoint you as a covenant to the people and as light to the nations. Aren't you thankful that He is the light of the world? Listen, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know where to turn, remember, His Word is a light to my path and a lamp into my way. He gives us guidance and direction as the light of the world. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said it this way, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you're following Jesus Christ today, He's already declared it. He stated it. You will not walk in darkness. Do we understand today that darkness is merely the absence of light? When light is not present, there is darkness. But when light shows up, darkness is gone. It doesn't just fade away. It isn't just pushed back into the corner. It isn't just overlooked. But when light shows up, darkness is gone. When the light of the world steps into your life, the darkness of your past life, the darkness of your sin, the darkness of your hopelessness is gone because the light of the world has shown up. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 9, 5, he said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And then we go back again to the book of Revelation, because it's telling us about what's going to happen, what things are going to look like, how it will appear, and what we will see in that new world and new Jerusalem. And he said it this way, in Revelation 20, 23, the city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for God, the glory of God illuminated it. And the Lamb, who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ is the Lamb. The Lamb is its light. I've come to tell you this morning that not only did Mary keep the light of the world, but you and I also contain the light of the world. He lives in you and me when we accept Him as our Lord and as our Savior. And because of that, we will never live or walk in darkness again because He's the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The Lamb is the light. Tom, will you come back? We need to understand and realize and acknowledge this morning that Mary kept the Lamb of God. Jesus became the sacrifice for your sin and mine. <coughs> and Mary was able to hold him in her heart, in her arms, in her home. 
and see his mission fulfilled and completed at Calvary. Additionally, she was able to see his ministry. She was able to see his purpose. She was able to witness his power. You remember it was Mary who prompted the first miracle that Jesus ever did at the wedding in Cana of Galilee. She came to him and she said, they're out of wine. He said, what's that to me? It's my time has not yet come. Mary just pretty much ignored him and she turned to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you to do. You know the story, right? He said to the servants, fill those jars with water and then dip it out and give it to the host of the party. And the host of the party said it's the finest wine he had ever tasted. Usually, they give the best at the first and then the worst at the last, but Jesus inverted the principle. Listen to me. When we come to him, the miracle worker from Cana of Galilee comes to transform our lives. He comes to take what is so what bad, what is abused, what is neglected, what has been ran over by darkness, what has been completely destroyed by Satan, and turn it into the best thing we could ever dream or imagine. <coughs> and that's by giving us life eternal. This morning I'm glad that Mary kept the Lamb of God. Even after the shepherds went back to their fields, she kept the Lamb of God. This morning, I'm glad that Mary, even after the star in the east disappeared, kept the light of the world. Because the light of the world brings hope to you and I today. Stand your feet with me this morning, would you please? And I want us to recognize that Jesus Christ is here. He has a plan for our lives and that He desires to minister life to you and I today. If you're here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life, to change you, to transform you, to take your worst and make it His best. If you've never done that, this is your opportunity. Because He's here today to show you how gracious and wonderful how forgiving and loving He really is. If you're here today and you need to experience the Lamb of God and His forgiveness, right where you stand, would you just slip that hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor, that's me. I need to experience that forgiveness, that grace, that mercy. As I wait a moment, right where you stand, just slip that hand up and say, that's me, pray for me. I need to be forgiven. Yes, anyone else? I need to be forgiven. I want Jesus to come into my life. Yes, sir, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anyone else? You join these four or five who've slipped up their hand. Anyone else? In just a moment, Tom's going to begin singing this song, Christ Alone. As he sings, if you're one of those four or five who raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to do something courageous, something bold, something that makes a statement about your desire to know Jesus. I want to ask you to step out from where you stand and come and meet me right down here. Someone's going to meet you. We're going to pray with you. God's going to forgive you today. So as Tom begins to sing, if you're one of those that raised your hand, then step out and come right now. Sing it out, Tom. And let's let God do a work of forgiveness in your life today. As he sings, you come this morning. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, 
We invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.